Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Santa Claus the Movie. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Silent night, holy night, fall asleep to a boring film. <laughs> that's good, that's good. You've been working on that for a while, haven't you? I have not. I literally am extremely tired and thought of it whilst I was waiting to get into the cool where we recorded. So trying, to, trying to lull yourself to sleep. Oh, shall I read you something that'll wake you up? Sure. Chalamet is elfin and puckish, unworldly and possessed of a Paddingtonian (laughs) innocence and charm, and a nice singing voice without being insufferable. This very slender figure doesn't actually do much chocolate eating himself, incidentally, clearly preferring not to get high on his own supply. He pursues his cocoa-based destiny with heroism, finally confronting the villain's awful threat of death by chocolate. Fuck. (laughs) That was a passage from my autobiography. This is from. (laughs) Have you ever been described as puckish by someone? I don't know. I've never starred in a Midsummer Night's Dream is the difficulty with that one. <laughs> so probably not. Have you? I think you'd be more of a bottom for someone from Midsummer Night's Dream, personally. I don't mean that as an ins- insult for the best character in the say, play. How dare you? I've never been so insulted. First, you dis you diss my reading and the passage that I read to you from the I poured my heart out for you, and now you're saying I'm a potty. <laughs> oh, no, I, I would definitely be bottom. I have played a donkey on stage, have not even know? in a nativity in Animal Farm and the musical, no less. Oh, did you know there was a musical of Animal Farm? <laughs> I did. I feel like know. I might have told you about this before. It's actually very good. Um, and we did it when I was in year 10, I think. And I played Benjamin the Donkey, who's one of the central characters. Ah, had a solo, had some good lines. That was probably my best dramatic performance. Excellent. Excellent. Did you did you do drama Have at you... school? Were you in plays? I did. I did drama. Yeah. So we did um, The Crucible. Well, I was Reverend Dickhead, the chief dickhead. I've forgotten. Is it Hale? Reverend Hale? Is that the main <laughs> bad guy? So. Let's go with Reverend Dickhead. Reverend Dickhead. Yeah. That. That's, um, a, that's a very good play. We saw um, Richard Armitage in it a few years ago. At the, old, ah. the old Vic. One of the Vicks. Vicks Vapo the, Rub. <laughs> the old Vicks. The Vicks Vapo Rub Theatre. Oh, very good. Was it good? It was fantastic. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was one of the best plays I've ever seen, probably. Oh, excellent. Doesn't have singing in it, though, does it? What's that, sorry? Doesn't have singing in it, though, does it? No, it doesn't, but it shit. Were you in any musicals? <laughs> the Crucible? The... No, we didn't do any musicals. Uh-huh. Um, no, uh, we just did serious things. Oh, boring. <laughs> Nothing puckish. Then. Although, our final thing for it... Um, was um 
what's it called um we did some like uh creative stuff so we all did our own plays as the final thing oh you had to make so, one up yeah so we did like a short comedy um, nice about people who had a plane crash and got stuck on a mountain and there was three survivors and we were the hilarious yes yeah, so we did a, uh, it was it was quite slapsticky actually you would have enjoyed it wow that sounds like my thing yeah when we had to do the same thing in year 10 we wrote this like prison drama where one of my friends got to say the line you killed my father now you must die and we did ah. not get a good mark for it but it was brilliant <laughs> it was intense How, uh did you did you enjoy that kind of stuff i loved it yeah i honest honestly like um i there was a time a, for a couple of years then when i really wanted to be an actor and I was actually really good at it. And I loved drama at GCSE. I got an A. I, I was really good. I was in some good stuff around that time. But then a, a, a number of sort of things happened where I just kept missing out on the part to other people who weren't as good. And I know it sounds arrogant, but they just weren't. Sorry, guys, if you're listening. No, they listen every week. Aragorn. Random people from my school. <laughs> Aragorn. And I was always like the understudy, you know, and they would always have to watch them like fluff their lines or whatever while I'm standing there as a fucking newspaper salesman or something. And yeah, it kind of really, honestly, really soured it for me. I think I would have been a great actor. You are good at acting the fool. Well, yeah, that's that's very true. But instead, I've become a podcaster, so I don't know which is which is who's the true winner. Yeah, acting the fool on a weekly basis with you is <laughs> is it's the highlight of my week, obviously. <laughs> and, and, oh. and for that reason, I didn't appear in much stuff when we were at university. I was in the odd thing, but I didn't do much on it really. And I were feel you like in I could friend have done... of the podcast, Rob Sherman's play. I, of course, I was. Everyone yeah. was in that. I wasn't. Yeah, I watched it, but I wasn't in it. It was good. Wait, was I was I in that, or was I pulling pulling levers, doing music or something <laughs> Un- unrelated to the play? Oh no 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 no! You know you know levers. what right? I had the most difficult role in that play. This is called the God in the Well. I don't know if there's any photographic or videographic evidence of this, but Rob Sherman, who is now some some kind of high class academic or some shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of our best friends um it was the best best man at my wedding um and he wrote this play called the god in the well and it was an hour and while all the action in the play was happening on stage i had to sit on a bench oh, it was like an hour and a half i was the guy on the bench you remember i had to yes. sit on the bench and eat a sandwich for an hour and a half That's which right. sounds easy sounds easy but it's not because I had to react to, I had to not react at all to the stuff that was happening on stage. Because it was supposed to be like that was a flashback in my memory, um, and some of it was quite funny. So it was quite hard not to laugh, but I did it. I yeah, fucking nailed it. That's right, you were, you were, you were Sandwich Man. I'd completely forgotten about that. Yeah, my my iconic role as Sandwich Man. Ah, oh, good times. It was very I've, good. I enjoyed it. I don't think I've done anything half as good since that. <laughs> no, I I acted. In I didn't act in anything outside of the drama classes, so I wasn't in any of like the school productions or anything. Right. Um, but I enjoyed acting in them and learning about drama and stuff. That was all good. Um, and then I didn't do anything like that afterwards. Um, I liked acting, but I always prefer the creating side than the acting side, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see you in something. I don't know what. I was very good as a Puritan dickhead priest, actually. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I got see very, that. I got very good marks in drama. It was my highest grade stuff. Wow. In school. Um, and they were disappointed that I decided not to take it on 
but um well, there you go but the world is disappointed that both of us didn't become actors we would have been amazing and i think when big boys productions takes off we're gonna do our own the room yeah we definitely right direct <laughs> i immediately star. thought of tommy was <laughs> when you started saying that we're just gonna do our own thing oh hi rob <laughs> Uh, we should rewatch the room sometime. I was going to say, I feel like it's right been a now, really long time. It's been long enough since I've seen it that it might appear fresh again. You know, when even though I could probably tell you every line off the top of my head right now, we could probably recite the whole film. I've seen it enough times. I feel like I, I haven't seen it for a few years now. It's probably due a rewatch. Yeah, yeah, no, it has been a long time. So I think it's, it is time for it, isn't it? Yeah, I think we our episode on that was like in the first twenty episodes. Really, gosh, something like that. that. Yeah, impressive, impressive. It's a good um, film. Will it you, is. Will you ever rewatch Santa Claus the movie? Do you think? No. <laughs> this, I don't want to be too mean because, as you said last time, my um, wife will come and kill you. Your your you're, beloved wife, who I like yeah. very much, a wonderful person. She um, honestly will not hear a bad word against this film. You even start to suggest it, and she gives you the look of death. And you know, she's a teacher, right? So this is the look that she gives the children in class to shut them up. Like, it's that look times a thousand, because you're an adult, (laughs) and you've crossed that line. Um, But it is... I found it very boring, to be honest. You can whisper what you think, Paddy. I don't like it that much, either. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's okay. There are let's we're going to unpack it, aren't we? Because there there are yeah. some things to like about it, but it's an odd one, isn't it? It's weird. It's weird, but still boring, and that's always a very disappointing <laughs> combo, isn't it? It's that's right. It is. It is a strange film. It goes down some really strange routes, um, but it is still quite dull, and I think that's the problem. I think it the it peaks in the first fifteen minutes where there is this real magical quality about it. Yeah. But then as soon as it goes into like the modern day element, or not even the modern day, but just the toy production element, this is a movie about toy production. Yeah. It's the main the main focus of Santa Claus the movie is about toy production. It's a movie about elves failing to seize the means of production. <laughs> Basically it is. <laughs> Which is yeah. something that we should like. The, the naivety sort of, vaguely... of the creative as well yeah. is another element of this. The, creative people being suckered by capitalism. The anti-capitalist tone of it is something that we should very, very much like as you know, as good left-wing boys ourselves, but somehow it still manages to make it boring. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do you want to start... Let, let's explain Santa Claus the movie. The movie starts with the the origin story of santa claus which i i liked that bit. Mm. so there's these two people they're delivering toys to children he delivers toys to children in his village every year at christmas time basically a guy called klaus that then obviously becomes claus um he and his wife are out with their reindeer just two of them um, and they get caught in a blizzard and they're going to die, but elves save them and take them to the North Pole. They're out with their fake-ass reindeer in the snow who look like... <laughs> yeah, they're stuffed reindeer. They look like they were reindeer. left over from, uh, from the set of The Empire Strikes Back on Hoth. 
Um, and it's actually a really great scene. It feels really magical. And you're like, oh, this is so cool. And there's all these like twinkling lights going on. And there's this weird castle in the sky and things like that. You know, I'm always down Tell for a castle in the sky. why do we build castles in the sky? Oh, tell me why all those castles way up high. Because Hayao Miyazaki said so. <laughs> do you get what I'm yeah, referencing? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> A good song. Great song. And yeah, th- there's this real magical quality to it. It almost feels like, I don't know, that it, it's got that kind of like 70s animation charm to it, I suppose. Yeah, which is really weird because it was made in 1985. Yeah. Oh, it came yeah. out in 1985, sorry. And... um. It's made by the guys who made the 80s Superman films. Did you read about how it came about? Yes, yeah, yeah. So it's got that kind of quite weird sort of superhero tone to it, hasn't it? And it's like, it is like a superhero film, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's well, the beginning is like a superhero film. And then it gets bogged down in capitalism yeah. for a very long time. And then it comes back round to it a bit at the end. By, 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 by that point, you're no longer interested. Yeah. Um, I did read that apparently um, John Carpenter was offered the chance to direct. I read that as well. I thought you'd love that. Can you imagine? I would have loved it, but I'm glad that he didn't because I want John Carpenter to make John Carpenter movies. And apparently they wouldn't let him control things like the writing or the final cut so he said no thank you can you imagine the meeting he's like (laughs) i I want some control over this bit the bit where he goes to new york and there's all the capitalism and stuff can the capitalist guy be like eating people and stuff can santa eat a person (laughs) as well the thing is that the capitalist message of this movie would have been really well done by John Carpenter, given the work that John Carpenter has done in other movies that focus on capitalism as a main theme. He would have really, he would have got the assignment here really well. But clearly, they um, decided um, that that was not the right course to make. No, to make a, com- a competent and coherent film. It's just so weird because it doesn't know what it wants to be. So yeah, yeah let's talk about the yeah. aesthetic bit for a, for a moment. This film bits of it are absolutely stunning uh, that that bit where as you say it, you see the the castle in the sky and the northern lights and all that stuff all the the mm. santa's workshop the elves and all the north pole all of that stuff is absolutely stunning it's beautiful it's a joy to behold um and you you feel like they they poured everything into that and then nothing into the rest of the film <laughs> just yeah like, like i said th- those first 15 to 20 minutes are genuinely magical and i was like oh this is cool this is really nice and comforting and warm and Christmassy. And it's old as well. It's, it looks mm. dated. It's an incredibly dated film. But that part is dated in a good way. The rest of it is dated in a the bad rest of way. It's dated because the rest of it is mainly like boardrooms and yeah. things like that. And it's just like, why is this? The, why is a Christmas movie about this? Yeah. But it's. It's like um, traditional Christmas cards. You know, you sometimes get those ones that you, your grandparents send you with like pictures of angels and, and stuff. Like It looks like mm. that, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It's got that feel to it. Um, it's almost, it's not Technicolor, but it has that almost Technicolor feel to the way that it's developed and, and, and the way that they focus on those early scenes. But then suddenly everything starts feeling quite cheap. Yeah. So basically, the cutoff point is when they go and hang out with the elves, 
and suddenly you've got a bunch of people wearing quite cheap looking costumes running about yeah in an and amazing then, set though that's this yeah, massive like yeah. wooden north pole workshop thing that they must have built and all the toys and stuff look amazing mm. when they're doing the the what i said the kind of wide aesthetic shots as soon as you zoom in on something you realize oh it's it's made of mdf probably yeah it's it's very it's very odd bought um, that costume in asda <laughs> yeah, apparently filmed in uh, pinewood studios um, which is where they have all the pinewoods. <laughs> they used it all for all this film. Um, where they did various James Bond movies um, and things like that. The eighties James Bond movies were done at Pinewood Studios. Yeah, um, but then also things like Alien Three, Batman Returns. Um, lots of stuff gets filmed there. It is a well known, yeah, um, a well known place to film these things. But yeah, it there is this immediate thing where you're like mm, the the cracks start to show from that scene onwards yeah in the kind of production element as soon as dudley moore appears pretty much and there's no offense to dudley moore because <laughs> yeah. like who I, actually i i liked quite a lot his character in this were you aware of much of his work before i knew of him but wasn't like a huge didn't have huge knowledge of him because he was a famous um satirist you know yeah, one of those kind of yeah. 70s satire guys who like did arthur didn't he? that's the one yeah which is big there's an unfortunate well remake of that with russell brand isn't there which apparently oh, is God, one of the worst films right. ever made yeah yeah um but yeah i knew dudley moore from Derek and clive which I you didn't know about this, did you? I texted you about no, this before. No, which was his, his thing with him and Peter Cook, who were for some time a double act. This is the thing where they just get together and ramble, and it was it was it's really like filthy and disgusting, and like some of it is like outrageous and offensive for now. If you think what it was like putting that out in the seventies, I mean, they just I think they put it out on vinyl maybe, and it was just like a little thing they did for fun, but also to kind of deal with. Um, peter cook's alcoholism or one of them was a really bad alcoholic and they would get together and sort of use this as a way of dealing with it but a lot of the clips are on youtube and they are hilariously funny but extremely rude and offensive and my dad put me onto those of course when i, <laughs> when I was a teen and i thought they were some of the funniest stuff i've ever heard um so i i knew him from that so to me it's quite weird to think of him as this hollywood actor but like after his british comedy career he moved to the us and then became this like quite famous actor so i think, I think arthur was his big thing mm. but in this he's quite lovely isn't he i think he's sort of doing a his best impression of michael palin before he was michael palin if you know what i mean but he's... yeah it's got that kind of vibe doesn't it yeah um, ple- pleasant unknowing naive elf um who basically the, the what happens is in this plot um there's a little bit of rivalry between the elves i suppose is the best way to yeah. do it um much like fred claus the spiritual successor yeah. to santa claus the movie <laughs> um santa claus is facing a production crisis because there's too many kids and they want too many presents and everything like that um and what he decides is right one of these elves is going to be my assistant and they're going to have more power and they're going to help with delegation of tasks and things like that business bullshit basically yeah um there's patch dudley moore who's like we're going to modernize modernize this we're going to reform Reform always means privatization. Yeah. Corner cutting. Um, and then there's the other alpha I forgot the name of, who's like, we're going to keep doing things the old way. Puffy. Puffy. That's right. Puffy the elf. Not a good name. 
Nothing no. is well named in this film. I hate to say it. Even the, <laughs> no. the name of the film is terrible, isn't it? Santa Claus the movie. As if it's like the film of some TV show that Santa Claus was t- in the TV show. Yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs> um, there was a comic book adaptation, and I wish that that comic book was called S- Santa Claus the movie, the comic. <laughs> and then you could have Santa Claus the movie, the game. Like Sonic the comic. Game. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, so so what happens is Patch gets rejected. Um, or no, or does he... No, Patch, does he, Patch he, wins it, and then he gets he gets the boot because he makes a machine gets, yeah, um, and it malfunctions. It fails. That's right. Yeah. So he gets chosen, but like every time that people choose modernization reform without knowing what it's going to do, AI in the NHS, etc. Yeah, I was going to say, this is Starmer. actually the only bit of it that's quite timely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it all goes massively wrong and uh he gets kicked out basically he's like santa claus is like you, you, you suck you suck patch you should go to new york and think about what you've done <laughs> basically yeah <laughs> um and when he's there patch falls in with the worst named character bz is his name bz john lithgow who appears an hour into this film by the way yeah this, this sounds like hour we, later. we talked about some of this about a little bit of the story that's taken an hour to get there of which yeah, and been... also bear in mind that the first bit is only about 15 minutes the introduction to santa claus them almost dying in the snowstorm and the elves taking them to the north pole that's rushed through and then you've got about 45 minutes of toy production talk yeah and of just like yeah the elves dancing to the same music over and over yeah and it's henry mancini yeah. i love henry mancini but like the music was actually quite irritating after you it heard it for the yeah. sixth time <laughs> you know? um, like, ev- and- every scene in this film goes on too long uh, yeah, with the possible exception of, as you said, those first 15 minutes, which are beautiful and mm. stunning. The rest of it, mm. every scene goes on too long. You cut them all by half, probably. Yeah. Um, and so they, he meets B, BZ, the villain. He's the capitalist. He's he runs, a, he runs a toy company that makes dangerous toys that are being recalled. And he manages to con Patch into coming to work for him and use elf magic to make amazing toys. Yeah, well, but Patch offers his, to... himself up, doesn't he? He just he yeah. he like sees them, the toys being recalled, and he thinks that means they're popular. And then he turns up in his office, um, and like freaks him out a bit. And that's actually not a bad scene, I have to say. John Lithgow, this is like an iconic performance from him. It's fantastic. He's very good scenery yeah. chewing <laughs> performance. Like, perfect yeah, I, villain. It's a year after Footloose for him, isn't it? I love John Lithgow, and this is a really good performance from him. It's a shame that it's in a movie that no one will remember. <laughs> no, but he's said in interviews about it before that apparently it is very popular in the UK, so it was a massive box office bomb that Americans hated but the British people loved, which is never a good sign, is it? No, no. Um, but John, John Lithgow's great as a villain, underrated villain performance from him is um what's it called cliffhanger Cliff, still cliffhanger the stupid sylvester Stallone <laughs> action movie about mountain climbing where he's the villain in that where he's the mountain wonderful he is the mountain <coughs> that must be climbed um but yeah no great villainous performances over the years and this is another really good one um real like you said scenery chewing capitalist what he's planning to do is take over from santa claus 
deliver toys for free initially as a PR move and then jack up the prices yep. is what he's planning to do. And then take all the money and run away to Brazil with his, his right-hand man so they can drink <laughs> big rum drinks with pineapples in them. <laughs> yes, literal quote from this film. <laughs> I wrote that down because that tickled me. Um, uh, but then, of course, their plans get foiled um, by Santa Claus and then Patch comes back and is all like, sorry, I did this, Santa. And Santa's like, I'm sorry, I kicked you out. I missed you. My I'm sorry I kicked you out. I'm going to do an epic loop, the loop and the sleigh to catch you and make everything all right again. Which yes. that is that kind of final, that climactic scene, sort of some scene there where he's chasing. So Patch is in the car with one of the kids. There's children that you're supposed to care about, but that you don't. They um, add literally nothing yeah. to the plot. There is no point in them being here. <laughs> Patch is in the car that's about to explode with one of the kids because he's created candy canes that explode because <laughs> he's so useless. And then Santa and one of the other kids are chasing them and they have to do the loop-de-loop that they can't do because um, one of the reindeer is scared of doing it, is scared of heights. <laughs> so, like, um, And they eventually do it. And that's kind of a sort of superhero-y finish, isn't it? Yes, yeah, like the backdrops the sort of... and the way that everything was moving there. That reminded me aesthetically of the eighties Superman films. Yeah, it, it feels like that, doesn't it? It's um, you've got that intro sort of um, origin scene, and then you've got the final, <laughs> the, the finale, um, and in between you've got a load of nonsense, um, which is does make it very weird. And uh, the pacing is the big thing that is very strange about this film. Isn't it's it? awful. But the the weird part is that. It's almost like two different films, isn't it? It's like yeah. two it's two yeah. ideas bolted onto each other that don't work at all. You could have like Fred Claus. Could, exactly. Yeah. This is this is the yeah, known as the Fred Claus problem. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. The the Clausian knot, perhaps. The, the Fred Clausian knot. Cla- Clausian knot, that's what we're calling it, because then it, it contains Santa Claus the movie and Fred Claus. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think yeah, maybe that's that's what you get in a lot of Christmas movies that try and do something with Santa. Although if you think about something like Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, that that doesn't try to do too much, does it? And that kind of gets no, but away with it. That focuses on a specific purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas with Fred Claus you've got the bitter Vince Vaughn comedy element and then the heartwarming kids movie element here you've got santa claus is a superhero mixed with capitalism is bad yeah yeah and they don't mesh (laughs) at all and so that's the problem is you've got these two thematic things or these two story ideas these story kernels that just do not they do not cooperate with one another yeah that's where the big problem comes in santa is an anti an anti-capitalist hero i love that idea i want that film yeah i want that film fully fleshed out and that's the thing this is long this is like two hours long and somehow nothing happens but then because they're too busy watching elves dance for like 10 minutes straight that's the thing the first half if it's the santa origin story that's harder to flesh out as a a sort of really action-packed plot but you could then make that as you say about the rivalry between the two elves that kinds of things you know, bringing that up to date, you could do a bit of the like technology stuff, I suppose. But yeah, that that's just a different film. Maybe that's more like Elf. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, Elf has got those kind of elements as well about the corporate life of a city, 
and how that doesn't gel with what Christmas is all about. And it's, that's right. quite a that's quite a common trope in Christmas movies. You know, jingle all the way. You've got the 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 dad who's obsessed with his job who then finds the meaning of Christmas. And again, it's a, a that's a movie that's heavily about corporatism and and how gift giving has got away from the message of Christmas and everything like that. Um better movie than this by the way jingle all the way don't tell your wife yeah i said that but it is i, I watched jingle all the way the other day um and it's still i think i'll be still, sleeping on the couch if i go downstairs <laughs> and say that it's still extremely funny when arnold schwarzenegger punches a reindeer in the face <laughs> yeah um, but elf is a good comparison as well actually isn't it because yeah, i hadn't even yeah. thought of it but you're right it manages to not try too hard at all and to execute a simple concept in a very funny and engaging and childish way that engages people of all ages whilst also having that critique of capitalism built built yeah. into it yeah i mean it's it's light-hearted it's only surface level stuff but when he's in the post room singing whoop there it is you feel like yeah he's he's down with the with the proletariat yeah and and this movie is also only surface level <laughs> <laughs> that's because literally nothing happens yeah for for the vast majority of this film there is nothing going on no um it's just yeah it's a void this movie is a void there's one really long scene of the orphan kid looking in a win- the window of a mcdonald's isn't there where the logo is extremely prominent <laughs> like, yes when was this in relation to product placement law <laughs> Yeah, I wonder about that, whether there was anything going on around product placement, whether they helped fund it. There must have oh, been. Oh, here we go. Yeah. And the John Lithgow I've pours got, a actually, can of Pabst Blue Ribbon into like yeah. a massive whiskey glass thing. It is for, for it is here in man. the trivia. The movie had promotional ties with McDonald's, Coca-Cola and Pabst Blue Ribbon. McDonald's gave away one of four books with each Happy Meal, which chronicled the story of the film. A plush reindeer ornament was also offered free with the purchase of a $5 gift certificate booklet. And mm. the movie itself showed scenes of people eating at McDonald's. You know what's worse than this film? What? A book of this film. (laughs) (laughs) Santa Claus the movie, the book, part one of four. Imagine if you got part three or four of Santa Claus the movie, the book in your McDonald's. Oh, you're trying to collect all the... You're trying to get all of them. I've I've got three copies of part three, two of part two, one of part one, and none of part four. I don't know how this ends. Does capitalism win? Does BZ take over Christmas? Those exist somewhere. did if McDonald's has its way which it does someone has those books in their house that's a weird thought isn't it yeah santa claus the movie the book (laughs) yeah but yeah the the the, even that kind Uh, of long mcdonald's scene sorry go on santa claus the movie novelization oh (laughs) jeez A novel by Joan D. Vinge based on a story by David and Leslie Newman. Joan D. what? By Joan D. Vinge. Or Vange, <laughs> if they're French. <laughs> the most magical. I'm going to buy. I can get it used for £1.44 from Amazon. Um, That'll be the best £1.44 you've ever spent, surely. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, not including postage. Okay. So, including postage, £3.47. Mm, yeah it's a bit in steep. used good condition the book is in good condition slight discoloration of the pages increasing to the cover also smells <laughs> of chips 
Well, I don't think this is what came with McDonald's because that was part one to four. Whereas this is the novelization that they sold in the eighties alongside the movie coming out. So they I did assume... books. Se- they did a separate novelization, and they also did the four parter books for McDonald's Happy Meals. Yes. Blimey. Yeah. Yeah. They'd do a this promotion out of anything in those days, wouldn't they? <laughs> they would. They really would. Um, this is this is truly amazing. By the way, I'm actually literally right now buying a copy and sending it to you. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> this is my Christmas present. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I've got something else picked out for you for okay. Christmas present. Um, but just for you, I'm going to send you a copy of it and I expect you to read it. I will. I'll read every single word. <laughs> I also forgot... <clears throat> I'm not changing this, by the way, even though the man has been hashtag cancelled, that on the address that I've got for you, <laughs> it's addressed to Paddy Pickle Rick Johnston. <laughs> That's, That's fine. Not we can have that between us. I, when you said the man, I thought you meant the man as in like stick it to the man. Like you can't talk about sticking it to the man anymore because it's been no, cancelled. It has been cancelled. Yeah. Quite no, I'm aware that the, the the Richard and Mortimer man is is a very odd and not good nasty man. Although in fact they've already yeeted him out of the show and apparently he was incredibly lazy and didn't do anything anyway. Yeah, no, I read so. quite an interesting <laughs> piece about that, how he used to just like rock up in the middle of the day and like bring his six dogs and then just like put his feet on the table and like yeah. act like Will Ferrell and Elf, basically. <laughs> Yeah. So and uh, yeah, apparently um I think they've already recast, haven't they? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Not that I they're, care because I'm never ever going to watch that show. It is funny. I like it. People think it's very clever and it's not. It's one of the stupidest things I've ever watched in my life, but it is extremely funny. Um enjoy your copy of Santa Claus the movie the <laughs> novelization. It will be arriving between the 12th and the 14th of December. Is this the first time that you've ever bought me a gift live on air? Well, we're not live, are we? <laughs> on the show i think so yeah that's good we should make it a tradition i I think (laughs) what you should do is you should you should have a sort of christmas thing where you put on like a very oratory voice and get all the whole family around on the sofa and go gather around family it is time for us to share the story of santa claus the movie the novelization and then they will listen to you Read it out live to them by Gene Vinge. No <laughs> sniggering at the back. Joan Joan D Vinge. Joan D Vinge. <laughs> I feel or really Joan bad D. laughing at that. It's probably bad. also wrote. Wow, this person writes a lot of novelizations. Was that there? She thing? also wrote the Cowboys and Aliens novelization. <laughs> oh wow, that's quite a leap in time. Uh, Lady Hawk. Uh, Forty-seven Ronin. Uh, Return of the Jedi Storybook, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Okay. The Dune Storybook, as in the 80s Dune. Wow. Willow, based on the motion picture. So actually, an awful lot of stories written by Joan D. Vinge. That's an impressive CV. And actually, looks to be... Looks to be also a sci-fi writer, a Hugo Award-winning author. Ah, okay. The Outcasts of Heaven Belt. Mm. I'm going to That's look a good more title. into Joan D. Vinge. Joan D. Vinge is our new favourite. We are now Joan favorite. D. Vinge stands. <laughs> Welcome to the Joan D. Vinge podcast. We should We're do probably a saying that podcast. wrong. I'm sure we are saying that wrong. I feel very bad. An American science fiction author, she is uh, 
Vingy, apparently, according to Wikipedia. Vingy, okay. Vingy. Um, is an American science fiction author known for... Um, so she wrote The Snow Queen. Okay. Um, oh, I've seen this cover about- before. She has all these books with these amazing, you know, vintage sci-fi art. Mm. Um, it's, those, it's those kind of books. So wrote The Snow Queen Cycle, a, book, a series of books about a psychic called Cat, um, and then various novelizations. Wow. Including Santa Claus, the movie, the novelization. Incredible. So actually, actually, I'm intrigued by this. I might go and pick up some of her books. Uh, you, Joan, you've got your new two biggest fans you've right got, here. You've got new fans. Who knew that Santa Claus the movie would lead to such interesting places? I certainly had no idea. But yes, there's diverse do, places as this and yeah, Derek and Clive. There's a direct link from her <laughs> to Derek and Clive, the thing where they, they do a sketch that starts, I was having a wank the other day. <laughs> Something like that. Um, as you know, I'm not going to say why because I'm a private person, but as you know, um, I might have to take some time off from this podcast for a little bit. Yes. Well, the um, good news on that front is that got I've got about three episodes in the can. So I was going to say, yeah. if you don't mind, I'm going to start putting the Christmas ones out first and then yeah, no, save those other ones. Yeah, that's all good. That's all good. Um, but if we do have to run some, what I demand of you is that you start doing a live um, readout of Santa Claus the movie. <laughs> put the, just put that out like with no explanation. <laughs> Here's, yeah. the ne- here's the next episode Santa Claus the movie the novelization and it's just me reading it yeah yeah that's what I want you to do In my okay, dramatic do... voice yes with your dramatic voice like Matt Berry yeah yeah that's oh, imagine Matt Berry doing audiobooks he probably does I hope so audiobook Matt Berry <laughs> what we need is him doing all of Joan D. Vinge's audiobooks so surprisingly few, he did Toast on Toast, which is the Toasts of London oh, yeah. thing, obviously. Um, That's a brilliant show. A BBC comedy drama that he was in, which obviously doesn't count. And then uh, part of a series about Beatles records. Right. He's That's all quite, he's done. He's quite busy, though, isn't he? I think when you've got a lot of TV work, audiobooks, if it's a, if it's a long one, especially, that can take a really mm. long time. If you think about some, some novels that, you know, 20 hours or so, that's actually a really long time. You could probably spend a week recording that with all the different cuts or more. I don't know. It's true. And, you know, he has, of course, got Toast of London and What We Do <coughs> with Shadows at the same time. And he's um, also a one-track lover. So. <laughs> also, and, of yeah. course, he does actually do his own music as well. Yes. Um, on the side. He gets um, around. He does. Maybe we could think... just get him to do one chapter. Yeah, can we get him to do one chapter? <laughs> do we have enough money in the coffers to ask Matt Berry to record chapter one of Santa Claus the movie, the novelization yeah. for us? Pay us, use that link in our show notes to give us money, like I always say, and that no one <laughs> and does. Then we'll, and, and then, then they, we'll get in yeah, touch. Yeah, and then we'll get in touch. We'll get him, and then we'll get Werner Herzog to do another one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually... Imagine that each chapter read read out by someone with an incredible voice. Yeah, just like liquid voices for a full reading of Santa Claus <laughs> the movie, the novelization. That would be so um, good. One thing I would like from Matt Berry is there was all those jokes around about how he should have been the voice of Garfield. 
Yeah. And he should have been the voice of Garfield. <laughs> I'm sorry. He would have been amazing. The opposite thing is if we can get Chris Pratt to read a chapter. Oh, he's got and to read the last chapter. Santa Claus got on his sleigh. And then <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> How long do you reckon it'll be before Chris Pratt ends up playing Santa in something? Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. Soon. Although, would it be sacrilege? Because he's quite devout Christian, isn't he? Would that count as not cool from a religious perspective? I don't know, because, um, well, th- th- Santa comes from Saint Nick, who was, a, who was a Catholic, so... Indeed, but they are... It's a very consumerist thing now, Santa Claus, isn't it? So would he be thinking, this is unacceptable, it should be about Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior? Depends Saint. on the angle, yeah. It's a, it's a keep, is he a keep Christ? I reckon he's a keep Christ in Christmas guy, so it depends on the, uh, mm. depends on the angle, doesn't it? He should play Jesus. I'm sure he'd love that. Lying in a manger all day. <laughs> He's up on the cross. <laughs> oh, that just happened. His feet nailed in. Judas, Ow. I can't believe you do that, man. <laughs> and who's playing Judas down there? Uh, well, it will be the cast of um, Marvel. So it will be, um, I don't know, the guy who plays Loki. Tom Hiddleston. Um, Tom Hiddleston. He'd be a good. He'd be a, he'd good be a Judas, great Judas. He? Yeah, because <laughs> he's a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's down there going, yeah, How do you like it, Jesus? <laughs> they should. They should. Um, they should make a remake of Santa Claus the movie where Tom Hiddleston is busy. He'd be great at that. He'd be awesome. Do you and think Matt they Berry could honestly Santa remake Claus. this and do it well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, did you say Matt Berry is Santa? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Matt Berry is Santa. That would Who would you great. have as the elf? Who would you have as Patch? Timothy Chalamet, obviously. Oh, actually, yeah, I like that. I like that. Because I think Chalamet he'd actually be good at the sad side of it, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, he would. He would. Um, okay, yeah, Big Boys Productions, we're taking on Santa Claus the movie, and we're going to make it amazing. Yeah. But I think you could. I think there is a... Although this is two really separate ideas that don't mesh well here, that's down to the implementation rather than the idea. Because like you said, we've talked about things like Elf. Or also, you know, what what didn't work about Fred Claus isn't the fact that there was that plot about someone putting capitalist pressures on Santa Claus. Um, That's quite an interesting notion. So actually what you could Mm. do is... um, what you could do is have um, that kind of plot line, yeah. But just cut out, trim out the fat, make it actually good. Get rid of all the boring stuff. Less scenes in boardrooms. Less scenes in boardrooms and of toy production and elf dancing yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. And you can still have that big aesthetic moment at the beginning. I think you can still mm, absolutely. The, the, the basic thread of it is still fine, isn't it? It depends what you choose to focus on. I think what you'd probably want is a half hour at the beginning as the introduction to Santa Claus and explaining how he got there. Actually build up that tension. Yeah. Then have a shorter amount of time with the elves and then get into the rest of it and cut out the kids. The kids are add literally don't need to it. the film. Yeah. <laughs> and just have it being about the elves and Santa. Look, and if you want Matt Berry to loop the loop in the sleigh, he's just going to do it. Like- yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you could. I think you could make a really good movie out of this because, like you said, there are pockets of it that are good. The first fifteen minutes are excellent, 
I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, it's just a shame about the rest of it. Yeah. So, no, the, the remake of this, yeah, this will be Big Boys Productions, big Christmas film in a few years' time. Yes, yeah, exactly. For the exactly. 30th anniversary in... Um, no, the 40th anniversary in two th- 2035. 2035. 2025. We're bringing you Santa Claus the movie yeah. with the remake. <laughs> 2035. Which would be the fiftieth anniversary, Santa Claus the movie, the novelization, the remake. <laughs> yeah, we're going to base it on the novelization, not on the actual yeah. movie. Because don't know what happens. Dedicated to Gene D. Joan D. Vinci. <laughs> yes. Um, no, yes, yeah, Santa Claus the movie, the novelization, the movie. Yes, there we go. There we go. Perfect. Um, have you got anything else you want to say? I wanted to mention as well. Um, there's this. There's a scene when um, so the toys that got made by Patch's machine were delivered to kids, and they start malfunctioning, going wrong. There's a scene. There's quite a weirdly brutal scene in which like the kids, like the bike, the wheels fall off, and the kid gets out of the way, and then the bike gets crushed by a bus. It's like, oh yeah, I don't know why, but that made me laugh out loud because it was like weirdly brutal. It's like you've already shown <laughs> yeah. some kids crying and like the bike doing that. You don't need to show them getting run over by a bus. <laughs> just, just rubbing salt in the wound, isn't it? Yeah, then that was typical of the the kind of yeah the sort of bathos that you'd get in a lot of these scenes of like oh, now John Lithgow's here talking about big rum drinks and you're like, what what is going on? Mm. Mm. It's yeah, it's there's it's weird incongruous moments. I think. Yeah, is, is 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 the big issue. But it's, and the the kind of like really fake sparkly gold crack that they feed the reindeer that made me chuckle as well. Like the like oh, the magic yes. dust yeah. that looked very very bad and dated. But I quite liked how bad and dated it looked. It looked really sort of really sort of painted on. Yeah, approach. yeah. Um, so it had a certain charm to it, even though it's it's quite silly. You're right. I kind of loved that. Yeah, and I also want to say no offense to the guy who played the the boy orphan, but he was one of the worst actors I've ever seen, even for like a ten year old. <laughs> the, cho- yeah, the children's acting you, was awful. We, they, it was bad. Kids can act. Um, not the kids in this movie. Yeah, either. just ask the kid in um, a Christmas Prince who said she had spina bifida and there's no cure. She's legitimately amazing. <laughs> I will not hear a bad word about her. She's great in other stuff. <laughs> That is pure, poor direction. Yeah, yeah, of, of course. Of she didn't write that. <laughs> what were they called? Was it Joe and Cornelia? Were they the two yeah, kids? that's the one. I'm just going to look up and see what else they did. Nothing. Well, there you go. Christian Pitt Fitzpatrick, Joe, was in two things. Oh. Played someone called Clipper in a movie called Vice Versa. Did this film kill his career? Before it no, had even Clipper begun. Came out, Clipper came out afterwards. Okay. And then um, and then Carrie K. Heim. Uh, I didn't recognize was, either of them. No. Um, was then stopped acting in 1986. The last thing she was in was The Parent Trap 2, a TV movie. Oh, okay. Um, but actually, this was not her debut. She'd been in other stuff before. <clears throat> All right. Started play with child uncredited in an episode of saturday night live <laughs> um but yeah you were not good i'm not sure if it was poor direction or whether you were just not good actors i think i know the answer but you know you have to read the novelization <laughs> to find out well yeah exactly well you you need to let me know if their characters are properly fleshed out 
Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Jonah's given them all the tri- the right treatment. Carrie K. Heim is now a lawyer. Okay, That's so if, if we do make the our version without the proper rights, she can come and sue us. She might come sue us, yeah. Or she might demand that we... <laughs> We keep her, um, keep her character in, uh, in in the movie, or she'll sue us. Oh yeah. So yeah, fun fact: someone in this movie became a lawyer. How exciting! <laughs> it was about as exciting as the film. Yeah. No, we just it has got some good moments, hasn't it? Yeah, it's all right. It's but all yeah, right. It, it's. An, I'm never it's watching this movie again. No, I think I am. Not, not. <laughs> you have no. Not through choice. Have, you have no chance of avoiding it. No, but um, yeah, it's it's an odd one, and it, I could see how if like like my wife, this this was like a film that you all sat down and watched together as a family when you were small, that you would have that nostalgia for it. Like I a hundred percent get that. Yeah, yeah. Particularly those early scenes; those are the things that will stick with you as a kid, won't they? Yeah. Um, which are magical and did feel nice. And yeah, for that brief moment, I was like, oh, this might be cool. And no. And I, I genuinely, there's there's a reason why I don't remember any of this from when I watched it as a kid. Because I definitely remember it's something I watched. Oh, you did? Yeah, if you remember, um, I said this, it, it has a vague memory in my head, but I don't remember actually anything about it. Yeah, and I think there's a reason why, which is that nothing happens. It's not a good, not a good sign, is it? <laughs> no, no. Um, but yeah, anything else to add, or shall we rate? Let's rate it. How many malfunctioning toys are carted out of the front door of your toy company? Ooh, let's out see. Of twenty of a possible twenty, I'd say nine. It's not quite even halfway there, is it? But there's still a lot of stuff to like about some of it. Yeah, yeah. I'll go with an eight, just for how good that opening scene is. Um, yeah, and yeah. I John Lithgow is enjoyable to watch. He is great. Yeah. So, what have we got next then? Well, it's either um, Robert Zemeckis's Hellfest or. Um, <laughs> That new one with Brandy. Best Christmas Best ever. Christmas ever. What would you prefer out of the two? I don't know. I don't, I don't really mind. Um, Question is, do you want cheese or do you want horror next? Cheese or horror. Cheese or <laughs> horror. That's that's the big boy's conundrum. It's always our, our problem. Cheese or horror. Let's do horror so we can end with cheese. I think that makes there more sense, doesn't it? That way sure. around. Yeah, let's go with a Christmas carol. We might have room for one more episode, you never know. We'll see how we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely um, going to end up being actually released in like March probably, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's go with a Christmas carol. Yeah. Um next. Excellent. Very exciting. And this Christmas is Christmas Carol 2000 and Is it on Disney? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. That means I don't have to find it anywhere. More difficult to find than Disney because with Disney it's very easy. It is. Excellent. All right. Christmas Carol. Fun. I'm excited. As am I. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, Hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about Santa Claus the movie. And if you haven't seen it, I do think it's worth watching. Just be aware of all the weird flaws that we've talked about. And if you have seen it, well, do you agree? Do you not? Do Do you also think that it's two films mashed together or that it's boring and silly? 
tell us. You can find us on Twitter at Big Boys Don't Pod. You can email us big Big Boys Don't Cry Podcast at gmail.com. Um, there's a link in our show notes where you can give us money to fund our production of the remake of the. Is it a remake if you're of the novelization? I suppose it is. Yeah, a reboot, a reboot, or a reimagining. The, yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna call it the reboot. Um, <laughs> and we'll be back next week to talk about a Christmas Carol, the Robert Zemeckis version. Lovely. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.